I promise you, standing up here, I promise you, this may be one of the most difficult subjects to speak on. And yet it's vital, it's critical, it's absolutely necessary for you and I, not only to forgive, but to be forgiven. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Today's episode comes from Matthew chapter 6, where Victor tackles both the hardships and redemption that can be found in forgiveness. Through personal testimony and miraculous encounters, Victor shares a powerful witness to the deliverance of God when surrendered to Him, no matter your past or your pain. Most importantly, God calls us to forgive to the same extent that He's forgiven us, even when it's the greatest challenge of our lives. Be sure to tune into part two for this continued message next week. You don't want to miss it. For now, here is Victor Marks on when you just can't forgive. How many of you have not heard me speak before? Don't know my story? Raise your hand. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Put on y'all seatbelts. Okay. uh, No. My style of preaching or teaching is a little bit different. And God still continues to use it, so nobody's more surprised than me. (laughs) By profession or trade, I was a martial arts instructor, but I'm sure you can tell just looking at me. (laughs) Yeah, we don't take ourselves too serious. Uh, You guys, 10 years ago, we went into ministry, uh, reaching our nation's troubled and abused youth. And we have a ministry called All Things Possible. How many of you know our kids are in trouble? in our nation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how sad is this? Just this week, we've had two shootings. Two teachers killed, another one today. And then earlier this week, I think it was uh, Monday, a a junior high kid shot and killed a teacher, former Marine. You guys, we live in, in desperate times. And our children are the one taking it on the chin. You know what? God called us to reach these kids. Because, you know, you can complain for a while and bellyache and moan, but eventually somebody got to do something. Amen? And uh, we started this about 10 years ago. And trust me, if God called me to something else, hallelujah, I'd be back in Hawaii. That's where we were before, suffering for the Lord. Uh <laughs> We had martial arts schools, and I was a businessman in a construction company, and I, we never saw this coming. But yet, when we're Christians, there comes a time in our life where we actually will become his disciple. I mean, that's kind of like ultimately what we want to do. And I know sometimes we're in, sometimes we're out. But the Lord says, come on. I saved you for a purpose. Now let me use your life for the maximum benefit while you're here on this earth. Because your life will be much better. Some of the happiest people I come across are those who are completely surrendered and on fire for the Lord. There are also some that go through some of the hardest times. But it's okay because they know they're in the battle. Some of the most miserable people I meet are Christians who half-step it. They stay one foot in the world to do their own thing and then one foot in the church. Or as people say, they straddle the fence. 
Have you ever stopped to think about that? Have you ever seen anybody straddled up on a fence? I'm from the South. I quite did not make it one time. And I straddled up on a fence. Not a good thing. And in that category of Christians I see who are miserable are those who have unforgiveness in their heart. Of which I used to be one. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, forgiveness. Or the title of the message is, When You Just Can't Forgive. So let me update y'all a little bit on our ministry before we get into the text. We've been doing this 10 years and then, you know, I spoke 120 times last year. That's a lot when you travel. And we saw tons of fruit, obviously from my book coming out and then last year a film, the film of my life story. So my wife, she's like, honey, you are gone so much. And our children, you know, our children starting to feel it, our young ones. We have three adults, so I don't care about them, but it's the, it's the little ones. <laughs> It's the little ones, right? And uh, she's like, honey, why don't we do this? Why don't we buy a motorhome and travel together as a family and you can speak and we'll go with you? And I was like, that's crazy. I mean, that sounds good, but have you seen the, remember the movie RV with Robin Williams? Oh, dear Lord. All right. So I'm thinking, honey... And my wife has this amazing faith that it freaks me out. Because when she says it, stuff starts to happen. And when she prays, watch out. That's all I got to say. She's like, I'm just going to pray about it. Okay. Uh, So she prays. And uh, she said, like, you know, hey, let's just. I said, all right, let me, we'll, we'll test the waters and see. And sure enough, we let some people know and boom, boom, boom. We started getting confirmation after confirmation. And I said, honey, look here, uh, a motorhome. We'd have to get a big one for four of us. You know, they cost money. How many of you know motorhomes cost money? So someone offered to sell us a nice 40 foot diesel pusher country coach motorhome. Like, how much was that again? You take payments. That's a lot of money. And uh, my wife prayed, and you know what? We got the idea that people with companies, if they want to sponsor us, would put their logo up on our bus, right? Uh, we got several sponsors, and our premier sponsor is actually Low T Centers. Thank God for good businessmen <laughs> who want to help out people in ministry. And anyway, uh, sitting in your parking lot now is a 40 foot. Motor coach, a diesel pusher that's been paid for. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what, this trip has been hard. Very fruitful, but very hard, okay? Really hard. I was like, <laughs> like at one point I'm thinking, maybe, well, this thing catch fire because we got insurance. I'll just, we can fly back, you know. It gets cold over here, and, uh, <laughs> and our, Heater went out in that thing. And I'm like, I don't, build a fire right in the middle of it. Come on. And my wife said, no, don't do that. It's dangerous. And <laughs> But when I'm talking about hard and inconvenience, it's spiritual warfare. Anybody believe in spiritual warfare here? Yeah, that's when the evil realm kind of comes on you and is like, yeah, don't you do it. Or for some of you, do it. But we've seen some miracles. We've had some hard time one night. We really had the enemy assaulting us. As a family, man, we had to pray it through. Sometimes, you know, you just stand 
and you endure and you pray it through, right? It doesn't look pretty, but you just kind of make it. And we made it through that night and the next morning. It was like, gosh, Lord. And we went to our, our youth prison uh, facility here in y'all's town. And we walked in there and, and uh, we pulled the bus up. And I said, all right, honey, I'm going to go in there. Y'all pray. Because, man, it was such warfare. Something good's going to have to happen. We go in there. There's about 30 kids. I tell them my story. I tell them about a dad who rejected me as a baby. When my mom was pregnant, he said, I need my kid. My father would end up being a drug dealer and a pimp. I told him about being in 14 schools, 17 houses. How my mother married six times. I told him what it felt like to be locked in a cooler after being sexually assaulted by a dude in 1970 in Mendenhall, Mississippi. And then waiting for somebody to come get you. And nobody shows up. When my family finally found me, I was unconscious in that cooler. He'd hope I now would die. But God is still in control. Even when the devil's swinging, the Lord's still in control of the timer. And that ring. My family found me. They actually ran me back up to the house. They didn't take me to the hospital because we were country. Anybody know about that? That means no money. Okay, so they're like, well, he's frozen. So they actually wrapped me in a blanket, put me in a chair, and faced me toward the sun. That's exactly what they did. And they were like, well, he got to thaw out. Doesn't he? Uh, so I did, and then when I told them what had happened, they went and found that old boy. They kicked in his door, and they beat him in front of his family. They hogged out him on a tractor and drug him. And then they hung him behind my mamaw's house from a pecan tree. Waited for him to go limp and cut him down. That was my beginning. All provable. I tell those kids, I understand about anger. I understand about injustice. But I'm here to tell y'all, when you suffer abuse or shame that's put on you, the shame is never yours. It's theirs. Don't accept shame from people who do crazy things. And I tell them there's a difference between God allowing and God causing something to happen. And God has set our universe in order and for humanity that he gives us free choice that we can choose to do what we want i said you guys so many of you want to be men but you don't even know what a man is and i remember asking a group a while back here in this town i said how many of you do not have a dad in your home that loves you that provides for you that protects you how many of you do not have that in your home 95% of them raised their hand. And I said, how in the world are y'all going to become men when you don't even have one representative to help lead you there? That's a reality that most, many, many of our kids face today. Do y'all know that? And I'm talking about the young men. How do they become men? Well, they start finding crazy role models. And they do the best they can. Then they spun out. I told them, let me tell you one thing right now. Don't let this life make you hard. Tough? You got to be tough in this world. Guarantee you. But don't become hard. And a lot of them, the lights went off. They're like, oh. And I told them about unforgiveness. That unforgiveness will make your heart hard. And when it gets hard, you start doing things that you regret. And you, you start getting driven. And then I shared the... The, the wonderful gospel of how Jesus saved me. The good news that the cross is enough for it all or not at all. 
And that he'd do the same for them because he loves them. And that's why Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. That we could be in a relationship with the Father. And I had asked him, how many of you, anybody want to give their life to Christ? Sixteen of those thirty kids responded to Jesus Christ. And we were blown away. Oh, we were blown away, y'all. And listen, uh, it was good. Man, we were handing out books, sign them, buy all that, right? And then the staff says this. We're walking away, and the staff goes, man, we wish there was a kid you could have seen today. But we have him in lockdown, solitary confinement, because he's so violent. He's been hitting staff. We can't get a hold of him. I was like, oh. And, you know, that Holy Spirit, he'll lead you, won't he? I could tell the Holy Spirit saying, go see him. I was like, what about the other kids? Go see that one. Because there's something in the Bible somewhere about the shepherd will leave the 99 and go after one or something like that. I was trying to tell the Lord, I don't understand the Greek of it, Lord. Like, you barely understand English. Now go do it. We go to his door. They bring They're like, you know, I said, yeah. They bring to this door, and it's a big old steel door. Little thing. And they open it up, and here's this kid. He's kind of swollen up. He's about 17, I think. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And the staff, they're all like, y'all stay close. <laughs> He's violent. And I just went right to it. I did feel the Lord say, let's just do this. I said, hey, man, how you doing? I'm all right. And it's funny because he kind of had that look like. He looked out his window because he had a little slot for a window, and he saw a big motorhome. A big motorhome, it's got a wrap of it, right? We wrap this thing to make it look real cool. So it's got our movie poster on the back. It's got a picture of me on it like, you know, hey, what's up? <laughs> it's got watch the world's fastest gun disarm, man, because I hold the world record for that right now. <laughs> hey, I'll bait the hook any way you want. I don't care, all right? So uh, he goes... Hey, that's you. I was like, yeah, man. He goes, oh, what's up? (laughs) All right. I said, hey, let me ask you a question. I said, do you believe in evil? And you can tell the guards go, ooh, he went right there. That ain't politically correct. I said, "Uh, do you? He goes, yeah. I said, do you ever feel like evil comes around you? He goes, yeah. Then I went for it. I went, you ever feel evil come in you? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you want that evil out? He said, yes. And yeah. I said, well, I charge nineteen ninety-five an hour. Here's my card. <laughs> I'm six months booked, but I'll be back. No, I was like, okay. Well, let's just go to it, man. You know, I don't know about y'all, but one, I don't like violence, okay? Even, you know, I'm like, ooh. So when people threaten me, it's like, ooh, you know, I was scared. Anybody relate to that? Like, man, I'm going to get you. I'll be like, no, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm scared makes me scared. And that's kind of how I am spiritually. The devil tries to, hmm, I said, let's just do this right now. I don't want to wait, Lord. And you know what? Let me just tell y'all what. With staff present, by the time we were done, 17 demons came out of this boy for real. Whether you believe it or not, 
It happened. And this kid, when he was done, he stood up. He said, I ain't afraid no more. I ain't afraid no more. And he gave me a big hug. And he invited Christ into his life. He surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, which is the greatest miracle. And uh, he's reading his Bible. I think there's still demons in the world today. I think Jesus still delivers people from them. Maybe somebody here. No. No. That's real. But we're not supposed to be afraid of it. Do you understand? Don't be afraid of the enemy. The cross has got your back. Jesus Christ, the power of his spirit. It's the battle's been won. The wars are you just gotta engage and see what the Lord does. And it's it's fun to see what God's been doing. So you guys, we're gonna look at Matthew tonight. Matthew chapter six. I'll tell you one thing about doing the ministry. We do traveling to juvenile prisons, high schools. We do conferences and all that type of stuff, but we, we really try to go where a lot of people won't. And uh, uh, we need people praying for us. Do y'all believe me? Please pray for us. Matthew chapter 6. The model prayer. People call it Jesus' prayer. Lord's prayer. Model prayer. Verse 9. Talking about how we should pray. Therefore... You should pray like this. And you non-believers, you've heard this, so you can feel all spiritual tonight. You're like, I know that one. Along with that, Lord's my shepherd one. So you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, honored be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. How many of you are familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah. What I want to look at right here for a moment is verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those, or forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us of our wrong as we forgive those who've done wrong against us. You guys... I promise you, standing up here, I promise you, this may be one of the most difficult subjects to speak on. And yet it's vital, it's critical, it's absolutely necessary for you and I, not only to forgive, but to be forgiven. So, I think people get caught up. I speak from a background of, I had a lot of reason not to forgive people. But let me tell you what forgiveness is, because I think people sometimes get it mixed up. I'll tell you what. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision of my will. Because no one feels like forgiving the person that hurts them. Amen? Forgiveness is not pretending you were not hurt. Forgiveness is not justifying the offender. It's not okay with God that they hurt you. Forgiveness does not mean you must immediately trust the offender again. Forgiveness and trust are two separate issues, folks. We must forgive and then we can work towards trust. Say amen. amen. I tell folks, hey, there are people I've forgiven completely. I have forgiven. But if they showed up on my doorstep, want to come in my home, I'd say it'd probably be a good idea if you backed up to that curb. Because <laughs> I don't trust you one bit. So forgiveness and trust are two different things. 
But that issue right there is oftentimes what keeps people from forgiving because they think, well, if I forgive them, then I gotta, no. Forgiveness also doesn't mean reconciliation. Sometimes that is not possible. You forgive someone, but it doesn't mean relationally you're going to be reconciled to them. And it's okay. And God doesn't look at you and say, oh, no. The main thing is, do you forgive them? Forgiveness is not taking vengeance. God will hold each of us accountable. You are responsible for yourself only. And forgiveness is not easy. It's, it's costly. Because it costs God everything. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.